calling uh, to order the Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, April the 8th, 2019, to order. But the records show that it started at four minutes after five. Um, <clears throat> all councilors should have an agenda in front of them. Um, Mr. Parker, are there any additions to the agenda? That there are, Your Worship. There's one under <clears throat> presentations. Uh, we're going to be having a tree presentation. Okay, so this will be um, trees and the neighborhood renewal program phase two and three, right? That is correct, uh, Your Worship. And, uh, and one of the individuals that's coming is going to be here in about 10 minutes. So uh, if there's a possibility, if uh, they're not here by the time uh, you get down to the presentation, if we just do one or two of the other items, then it's up to you, sir. Okay. Any deletions? There are none, Your Worship. Okay. Motion to adopt the agenda as amended. Ms. Nazar, all in favor? The minutes of the March 25th regular meeting of the council. Uh, are there any additions, deletions, corrections that need to be made to that set of minutes? Uh, Your Worship, I would uh, move March 25th uh, minutes as presented. Okay. All in favor? Uh, any public hearings, Mr. Parker? You're right on, Your Worship. We will uh, quickly go down to new business and uh, deal with the Baytex Arena assess, Asset Disposal. Uh, your Worship and Council, the briefing note before you this evening is an overview of assets that we're looking to donate to various other organizations within the region. Um, after reviewing the um, equipment and other assets within the building, we've had some conversations with Napa Ag Society, Napa and District Ag Society, the Ski Club, Peace River Ski Club, and the Berwyn Arena. Um, we're actually also uh, having a conversation with the Town of Manning to see if there are other components um, that they may be interested in, such as lighting and the west side spectator heating and possibly some other elements. Is but that because the County of Northern Lights is no longer willing to support that town? I did not get into that conversation about this item. <laughs> so I, I will leave that one. Um, <coughs> unable to answer that question. Uh, the listing that I provided with you is a general overview of the approximate value uh, and, or, and or residual value of some of the assets. Some assets are unknown and in terms of their residual value and some assets at this point would have no value to us at all. Um, just a quick correction on the sound system. Um, I had further details Friday uh, from one of our members of council of all the components that are being donated to Napa, so it's actually a larger donation. It's the entire sound system, not just the rack as I understood it, and a few of the speakers. So we're looking at more of a $25,000 value and then remaining value to date, six, five, six, seven thousand approximately if we were to resale. So that is um, another significant donation to Napa. 
Um, there may be some other items and we will bring back an update as this progresses. Uh, there, we are finalizing um, components even today. Staff are starting to look through the rest of the building of what is left that has any value to someone else that we could look to donate to improve their service and improve their life cycle of their uh, facilities also. So it's a, a great way to support the region. So what's your... Uh... Just for briefing in terms of general information, if council would just like to accept for information. The total value being donated then is um, add six or seven thousand to what we have on the paper. Correct. So about forty-five thousand, give or take. Approximately. Those items that are not um, on the list that are that are being repurposed. I know we had some conversation at the uh, trade fair with some some residents. So it, is there going to be a a site or a place where? Uh, some of these assets are being sold or people can look at them or bid or how does all that work? We're finalizing that this week and again because we are still in conversations with Town of Nampa or um, sorry wrong direction Town of Manning um, we're gonna we're looking at we were looking at a garage sale we're not sure we're gonna have enough for a full garage sale um, we're gonna have a listing though and it will be publicly advertised with a short bid period and then uh, some sort of final come and pick up your items we're, we're possibly having two pickup dates because there will be some equipment and assets that won't be accessible until after the hazardous materials abatement that will be starting at the end of April some things we can't touch and pull out until that uh, process occurs yeah thank you yes yeah, I thought uh, Arn Ford saw your 45000 and wanted to raise you twenty, but uh, I guess not. Okay, uh, motion to accept for information. Mr. Ford, all in favor? Thank you. Okay, um, we'll move on then to the flag protocol policy. Then I shall stay put. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, flag girl? I, I've... <laughs> Just for the purposes of this policy and its current updates, uh, Mike, uh, Captain Mike Frame is really your flag individual. He's your expert in terms of flag, uh, flag individual. <laughs> um, the draft policy or the proposed policy before council is the updated version that was reviewed at the governance and priorities meeting that was held on April 1st, 2019. Um, administration is um, presenting this policy for a formal adoption at this meeting and we provide you with the option of completing that adoption tonight or also the option to have further conversation input as your second option to this policy. Um, however, administration does recommend approval of the policy as it is presented this evening in the report. So, um, people making a request uh, to fly their or their organization's flag, don't they have to follow, uh, fill out a, uh, a form? That is a great question. We do have a form that we've that we have available. In the past, we've also just accepted a formal ask via email or a letter, and 
one that contains all the same information as the form. So what is your group? What is the flag representing? Do you have a copy of the flag? Can you provide it? But in this, it, it doesn't, uh, does it actually, uh, we ask for that information all in here, right? Under. The form is just supposed to guide you with. Yes. That's correct. And which is why it wasn't included in the policy as it's used informally slash might change. We didn't want to have to update the policy if we make minor just tweaks to the form. form. Yeah. You should probably put it there. Verbal requests are not appreciated. <laughs> We've received before. No. Yeah. We've yeah. received verbal requests and referred them to a written ask so that we have a trail. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions on that? So to save time, you might have a statement like written requests or are needed. Should we do that? I'm just doing it quick. It does say on item number 35, organizations and groups must submit an application to the town on the appropriate form at least two weeks prior to the date they wish to fly their flag. Uh, that's item 35? Correct. Could you, uh, <coughs> I'm not, this is an amendment to that, submit a written application? So it, including the, the term written after submit. submit. A written application. Yeah. That can be absolutely included. And we'll get a motion to accept the flight policy as amended. Wonderful, thank you. Well, we set aside some time for our presentation. Are we ready for that? Looks like we do have the individual uh, who wanted to uh, do a presentation. So, you'd like to come forward to the table there? Are we doing that now or? Uh, yeah, so we, we, we can move it up, yeah. Or if you need time to collect yourselves, we can. Uh, no. Yeah, if you could give us a few. Well, yeah. that's okay. No problem. We expected to talk at the end. Yeah. That's okay. Okay, so the, the next one is, uh, Your Worship, Summits of Youth Policies. Okay. I'll be uh, speaking on this um, last day committee of the whole meeting. We brought forward the uh, substance abuse pro uh, policy uh, with a few uh, adjustments, the adjustments to make sure that we keep the Health and Safety Act. Uh, and um, so council had a chance to thoroughly review it and discuss it, and it's just here for ratification. Just looking for a motion. Just looking for a motion. Right now. Should I call for a vote? Does somebody want to read it one more time? I, I, I'm okay. Just if you allow me, do one quick question to CAL, Chris. Uh, so the policy talks about uh, the employer being open to provide accommodation to the employee if the employee. Uh, reports a problem so obviously there's a cost to that so 
Have we any idea what that is, or does it just get rolled into an HR? It depends what the accommodation is. So it could be hundreds of dollars or? So in some cases, if they have to go for treatment, we don't pay for treatment. They actually do their own treatment in that aspect of it. And they go through the health care program that we have, our policy, but we don't contribute anything more. They'd be using their own sick time and their own vacation time at a time. And the worst case scenario is they might request a leave of absence, which we have had. And we've done leave of absences too, unpaid leave of absences. So you're here. Okay, all in favor? Passed. Okay, request for a decision on IDP area plan adjustments. Good evening. So before you is an update to the plan area that's attached to the IDP between Northern Sunrise County and the Town of East River. This is based on some feedback that was had at the open house, which we held on March 12th at the Northern Sunrise County and at March 13th at the Chateau Nova in East River. Essentially, one landowner objected to their land being within the IDP area. Their rationale for that was that the top of bank, which is an established line in Northern Sunrise County that was based on an engineering report, does not cross within their land. So they didn't feel that their land represented enough of a component of the Pat's Creek drainage basin, which is what we're trying to capture with the IDP area in that area, to warrant being within the IDP area. So on that basis, we have proposed to remove that portion and then also to follow that logic and attempt to be consistent. We have added two other areas, which represents a total of three different parcels and two private landowners plus the county, which one of the parcels is environmental reserve. So the IDP area before you would follow that logic that the landowner was arguing with or for at the open house. So Northern Sunrise County has seen this as a possible update to the IDP plan area. And my understanding is that their council is willing to go forward with this plan area if the town is also agreeable to this update. So this particular landowner, which is, which section is this? This is section 25, right? I believe so. So in the southeast quadrant. So we're removing that whole quarter out. Almost. There is a small sliver that is severed off of that quarter section that would remain within, but the balance of the quarter section would be removed, yes. But we're going to leave in the one immediately below it? Well, if you look at the top of bank, fortunately my map didn't print properly, so I'm having a hard time looking at it, but. You're talking about an area that's likely maybe one acre at most. Yes. The squiggly line where it's following the bank, yeah. So it's maybe one acre, if that. 
It is a small parcel. Yeah. Yes. But you wouldn't build there anyway. So I, so I, I guess I do actually have some concerns because this is about Pat's Creek and uh, and the runoff drainage basin. I think part of the problem is we're going to be mixing some personalities into this decision, which probably isn't a good idea. But they do, the county does have all that that we're, we get out of the IDP is we're given notice that somebody might put a parking lot out there. The, the biggest uh, change or impact would be that land that any development proposals related to that parcel wouldn't be referred down to the town. Yes. And, and uh, even if they were to put in a quarter section parking lot and drain it all to Pat's Creek, uh, and if the county uh, felt that was a, still a worthwhile endeavor, they could still move it on through. Uh, unless the town felt so strongly against that that you right. wanted to go to a dispute resolution oh, process. Okay. Uh, because you know that culvert on Highway 688, mm -hmm. that's a pretty large culvert that Pat's Creek runs through us on. I'm having a hard, hard time believing that it's just a small amount of drainage that comes up, comes in from uh, upstream. And uh, more and more of this land is uh, the natural vegetation is being removed and the, the uh, runoff is, comes in uh, torrents when it comes. So, um, but if, if we're going to take that one out, we might as well take out the north, uh, north um, east quarter of 24 as well and just make it a little more symmetrical. That's going to be, like it, it, it looks a bit odd that we take out this one chunk and then we leave the chunk below it. Well, I mean, the, the chunk below it, I guess the rationale for that is that the top of bank does pass within that area, within that legal property, whereas and it's hard to see at this scale, but if you actually right. look at the property lines for that parcel that we're suggesting remove, the top of bank line does not go through that parcel. It goes through the other legal parcel that is the smaller portion of that quarter section. So we are keeping the land that where the top of bank line goes within, but we're not, we're not capturing that larger chunk. And it's kind of also, it's a principle based on where the top of bank is, but also where the legal property lines are. Okay. And so, and that's why you're uh, proposing to add these, this little triangle and this. That's right. Reported semicircle. <laughs> because those parcels also have the top of bank going through them, yes. And the one next to that is that whole quarter section is well within, is is included in the whole IDP area, right? The one, uh, I'll give you a number here. 
um, that's probably no, uh, section four. So, so the northwest quarter, the the, uh, the south half of section four. Um, I don't know which township or range it's in, but um, the one that is the aborted semicircle in there is that uh, that whole northwest northeast. Northwest quarter is within the IDP, right? The so the air if the area sorry, I'm not hundred percent sure which part you're talking uh, about. Yeah, if it's in the white, so if it's within the orange, then it is. So here's the semicircle? Yeah. That one? Yes, here. that's all in the IDP area. Yeah. So you're you're taking this principal top of bank should be in the IDP uh, because it affects uh, Pats Creek. Yeah. And otherwise, leave it out. That, that's the, the line of thinking that we're following to try and be consistent. Okay. Uh, for the sake of intermediate <laughs> peace, I am. Uh, you agree to it. But my colleagues, I'm only one vote out of, uh, well, today only five, but seven. My, my colleagues may not, may not be interested in a piece. I move to accept the map as presented. Just because he's made that motion doesn't mean you don't vote for it. Okay, and his vans, are we any comments? Okay, all in favor? Thank you. So we'll quickly go through these. Uh, request for decision on the vehicle leasing program. Thank you very much, uh, Your Worship. Um, this is the third time <clears throat> uh, this uh, program has come before Council. The first time was the March 21st. For 25th when we had enterprise come and actually talk about the program itself. Uh, then uh, staff went away, took their numbers. We crunched quite a few numbers. We looked at the program. We uh, came back for presentation and, and said how we thought it might be beneficial and how we could use part of the program, not all of it. Um, and then recommended that uh, we uh, try to go forward with uh, four vehicles um, this year and just see if, if, if it actually is beneficial or not. And if it's not, they go back to our uh, traditional method of uh, purchasing vehicles, let them run them down to the ground until we fork out so much money and repairs. And so maybe that's basically the old procedure. Um, but having said that, um, before you is the ACRO recommendation uh, that um, was presented at uh, GMP last week. Uh, to enter into an agreement with Enterprise Fleet Management to provide four vehicles, three trucks, and one maintenance van uh, under the lease program in 2019 and then review the program for 2020. Okay. Questions, comments? I, uh, if, wish, if you wish, I could certainly provide a, a motion. I would just insert one word into the motion, if I may. Uh, Councillor Needham would uh, put the motion on the floor that uh, we enter into a pilot lease agreement with Enterprise 
fleet management to provide four vehicles, three trucks, and one maintenance van in 2019 and review the program in 2020. Does that mean we're only allowed to lease pilot cars? Oh, okay. Well, I, the mayor doesn't understand what I mean. I could find some different words, but. Okay. So, so just double checking. So this would mean these four vehicles, they would re be replaced in 18 to 18 months to 24 months. Is that, and, and yeah. that. It, it depends on the type of vehicle. So, okay. so some might be just a little bit longer than the others. Um, so what we're trying to do is get the best value of it. If, if it's very, very low mileage, we might go just a little bit longer. Uh, like the maintenance van itself might just go for two years as opposed to 18. Okay. And um, is there any certainty that enterprise, well, they said they offer it to our local dealers somehow this, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so what they do is they do uh, reach out to the local leaders to see who would like to be involved in the program. And and they usually do because they make uh, a little bit of the commission of the actual sale. Okay. And third question if I may, um, these vehicles, so if they need logos and decals and all that stuff or a piece of equipment attached to the truck, does that then devalue the truck when it's turned so over? The, the logos are on uh, magnets. And we have some um, stickers that go in the window so it doesn't really um, stick onto the vehicle and decrease the value at all. Because every time you do that, it decreases the value of the vehicle. So, and the other part of that, they wouldn't have any piece of equipment, I don't know. So, yeah, so um, we're limiting the type of pieces of equipment that we want, so trying to increase the, the value. So, so for example, um, some of the vehicles that wouldn't be worthwhile in this program would be our fire vehicles. Uh, the other one would be our peace officer vehicles. Um, some of them we're, we're looking at having different types of lights attachments that you don't have to drill holes into the roof of the vehicle. Uh, those are the things that we, we, we're adapting it so that minimum items are, are put onto the vehicle itself. Thank you. Was a motion made, wasn't it? Yeah, on pilot cars. Okay, all in favor? Passed. Uh, the next one is a quick one request for decision managing healthy forests presentation. Are you leading this, Mr. Skinmore? Sure, I can. So, as part of the Mercer PAC uh, group, we have gone through and completed all the uh, voids, which is uh, values and bunch of other things that the PAC is attempting to uh, express as a public advisory group to Mercer International as to what goals we would like to see them accomplish. That has been finished. They're bringing in uh, a couple people to speak on the uh, managing of healthy forests and different strategies on that. So that's happening on Wednesday, April 24th in the NOVA is it the elk room? Yes, it is the elk ballroom. So that's a, basically the large room at the Nova, and it is open to the public. They would like as many people to come check this out as possible, and we would like to extend the invitation officially from the pack to council. Well, you want a little more out of council, right? Don't you want to be enabled? 
Yeah. Sponsored. Yeah. Well, we would we we would want to encourage everyone on council to come out, and so we're seeking an enabling motion for for that. This is an evening presentation. This is so it's uh, six thirty. There's going to be coffee and such, and it goes till nine o'clock. Are you making that motion? Then? If that's appropriate, yes, I would like to. Great. Okay. Paul Okay, we will, uh, if uh, the presenters are ready, we will entertain a presentation. Uh, good evening, everyone. You can just officially introduce yourself uh, for our clerk so that you can get the names, please. Sure, absolutely. My name is Melanie Bacavagios. Um, I live on 11213 99th Street. Uh, Dave, Dave Biel, uh, 106-11 99th Street. So we are here today to um, have a discussion with all of you and bring forward some really deep concerns that we have. Um, as a neighborhood, um, we have had an opportunity just recently after the meeting on Thursday, the information session on Thursday, um, after which we were informed that all of the, the trees that would come down on 99th Street um, in that are, are slated for, late, for phase two, with the exception of the one designated heritage tree. Um, I mean, we all, of course, reside in that area because we love it. We love the the beauty of that neighborhood, and a big part of that is the mature trees. It's uh, likely could be considered a signature street, um, flanking the river, um, and part of that is the mature trees. There are heritage homes on that on that street, and the removal of those trees will significantly impact that. Um, and I think we could go on for for quite some time about. Um, the value of trees, and it's been particular ma mature trees. Um, but I'd also like to say that, you know, we are pragmatic and we understand that sometimes things are beyond our control and um, sometimes, uh, you know, these things need to, ha need to take place where we need to remove trees, but not always. And I think we're here today, you know, of course we want this project to move forward. We understand that there's value, and you're the council that's making this happen and making this investment after likely many councils that have not uh, made this investment, and you're catching up now. So we fully understand that. Um, and we, of course, want the best for our community, um, but there is frustration on our end. Um, you have to understand that most of us have participated in the information sessions or posted on Facebook or asked questions by emailing council or email, speaking to some of you at events and uh, some of our questions and concerns remain unanswered. Um, so we of course do not want to risk anybody's life. We do not want anybody to be placed in harm's way, um, but we question if uh, there has been a, a substantial enough amount of due diligence c conducted to understand what the true risks really are. So I believe at the meeting on Thursday, there was a question regarding which experts had been consulted, meaning an arborist or someone who is a professional in the urban forestry so that we could perhaps catalog the species of the trees, perhaps not just in this neighborhood, but in every neighborhood where we have mature trees. 
so that we have a true understanding of how they will um, interact in terms of when we're digging trenches uh, and replacing underground infrastructure. So some of the concerns that we have are around timelines um, and consultation, of course, and I'm sure you hear this all the time everywhere you go, but truly it wasn't until this the information session last June where we were informed that the uh, contract had already been awarded um, in May uh, that we were in, that it came up that the trees or some of the trees would be impacted and we were deeply concerned and people started to ask, well, which trees and and it kind of traveled through the through the neighborhood and that's when you started to hear from us and we started to reach out and say well you know we're concerned about this these are trees that are likely 60 or 80 years old we don't just snap our fingers and then they grow back it, it takes uh, decades generations for these beautiful trees to to grow back as you're all well aware so after some email communication with the contractor as well as the council and, and uh, kudos to your CAO Chris Parker who came to the neighborhood and had a look at the One Heritage Tree uh, that has designation you know, personally on a Sunday. Uh, and those are things that we truly appreciate. Um, within a week we received an email from the engineering company that said um, they must all come down and they're starting tomorrow. So that gave us little to no opportunity to even ask deeper questions and start to explore um, if there were options, in fact. Um, naturally, we start to look at other municipalities, cities, for example, who really um, have uh, robust policies around urban forestry and who maintain their trees, in particular mature trees, at all costs. I mean, people chain themselves to trees, as you've seen in uh, different films and so forth, and perhaps on the news. Um, and we're not proposing that we would do that, but certainly we feel very strongly about these trees and, and, uh, and the place that they play and the natural beauty and our sense of place and history in our community. So we are concerned about those timelines. And then on Thursday when it, all the information was not available about which trees would be coming down and then on Friday all of the trees were tagged, 12 out of 12, minus the, you know, save the heritage tree, the one designated heritage tree. Um, we contacted one another and said, okay, so they're tagged for before the end of April and so this is highly time sensitive and, and we understand that this is a pain in your neck, that we're coming to you essentially pleading, saying, look, is there some way that we can revisit this and hit the pause button on at least the removal of the trees as we evaluate other options? We also ask the question, if we can save the one heritage tree, are there others that can also be saved as well? Um, maybe we can't save 12 out of 12, but perhaps some of the more mature uh, elm trees, uh, American elms in particular, that have robust root systems, we uh, managed to contact someone from Alberta Forestry who had this discussion with us about uh, American elms in particular, that they have a very robust root system, especially at this age, that if you cut, you know, even within eight feet of that tree, that tree will not, number one, it will not fall into the trench because you're essentially unpinning the tree on this side so it would fall in another direction if there was a strong wind. Um, but also that you likely would not, uh, and you would need an arborist to look at this particular case. But they would likely not 
uh, disrupt the, the main root, root system. It would also depend on how long or how deep this tap, the tap root goes. These are all foreign terms to me that I'm learning in the last week here. Um, so we ask ourselves, can we consult an expert? Which experts have been consulted? And we've not received, I don't think, a clear answer about that. But we would love to see a report of some kind uh, indicating which trees uh, are at, the, at greater risk of potentially falling over. So with a great wind, I understand that is one of the primary concerns. The other thing that we were told from this uh, uh, professional at Alberta Forestry is that um, once you replace the soil, the root system does begin to grow back. So um, those are questions that we have because we've not seen any documentation regarding um, you know, that type of due diligence and that depth of understanding um, around the trees. So we are also curious to understand if in the RFP, the value of trees in our community was articulated so that the contractors could then present a plan around preservation, especially on streets as important as I would contend that South End River Road is. You know, you see people there utilizing that street all of the time. That's why you've invested in a walking path right on the banks of the river and benches so people can enjoy. It's not just those of us who've invested in properties, it's the entire community uh, that enjoys that street, the history and the heritage of that street. The, the last thing I will say is, um, a couple of points here is that we question if there have been other options uh, explored. So we hear from um, from at the information sessions that the reason why we have to take down the trees is because the lines are below, are located below the trees uh, on the boulevard rather than in the center of the street where they would normally be placed. And I'm sure if we all had a time machine to go back to 1950 or whenever these lines were installed, we would love to have had them put them in the center of the road so that we wouldn't be having this conversation. So then I asked myself, um, what are people going to do, uh, folks just like yourself and myself that are living on this street and sitting behind the desk like yourselves in 60 or 80 years from now if those lines are not relocated when we have the opportunity, potentially? So I ask if that has been, um, or we ask if that option has been explored. The other question being, uh, we understand that not both lines are being replaced at this time. One is being patched and the other one, the sewer being replaced. Um, and if that's the case, uh, you know, we're, we've been told that the age of the uh, water main is also quite old and this might be the time to, um, replace both and perhaps relocate. I mean, I'm not an engineer and I'm not the one who's been looking at these plans, admittedly. Um, however, I think that we, our question is, has that been evaluated and has it been looked at as an option so that in 60 years from now, um, you know, folks like you and folks like me aren't having this same conversation again. Or in 30 years from now, oh, the water main needs to be replaced and we have to dig up the road again and replace more trees and uh, additional expense, et cetera. And I think at the end of the day, what the, the overarching message here is, and I see that you have a policy regarding uh, boulevard trees, which is fantastic that you've done this work in 2017. 
Um, and I think that this is an opportunity as we have this conversation to uh, perhaps look at this deeper in terms of the val articulating the value of trees uh, or urban for urban forestry in our community as well as requiring contractors to submit plans around tree preservation. Um, and what does it mean if we value, um, you know, we value trees? Does that mean that we have an arborist that has been consulted on, uh, particularly on projects of the importance and the sizable investment that uh, is before us today? So uh, with that, I will hand it over to my colleague. I will just say that I, you know, there's no one else here who would be able to push the pause button but you guys on this, um, our council here at the Town of Peace River. So we are, in essence, pleading with you to put the pause button until we can press the pause button, until we can answer some of these questions meaningfully uh, and with a real depth of understanding. Um, I know that, uh, you know, if you guys could go back 60 or 80 years to a previous council, there's probably a few things where you said, geez, I wish they would have just done that differently. And you might be cursing some of their names. Uh, so I'm, I think this is an opportunity to pivot or to shift if, if at all feasible and, um, and have that conversation. Thank you. Well, Melanie, you, you basically said everything I was going to say in a nutshell. <laughs> um, it's, it's been a weird couple days here. We, we really didn't understand the full scope of which trees were coming down until Thursday. And the lack of communication has been, uh, yeah, extremely frustrating. And that's why this is so last minute. I wish we were having this talk three years ago to come up with a plan on how to possibly look at other options, look at saving the tree. Now the, now the track hose and all the equipment's ready to go and we're, we're sitting in front of you because we didn't fully understand which trees were coming down. Even last year when I was talking to the engineers and to the, to, to the people at the info sessions, I said, hey, is this tree coming down? Is this tree? Is this tree? And no one, no one could give me a straight answer. And it, it turned into several different reasons and several different ideas. That being said, we're here now. We're here today. We're just pleading to you that um, even if you're going to get going on the project, those trees are already cut down in that area. That That is up next. Phase one. So uh, um, the next phase is, is down uh, 105th, down to 109. We're just saying, hey, can we reconsider what's going to be happening here and try our best to, to maybe save some of these trees. I've never, I never would have thought I'd be up here talking about trees at all, but there's an 80 year old elm tree right in front of my house, 80 to 90, I, I, I would love to figure out how old it is. And I did research because some people were saying, wow, that's at the end of its life cycle. They actually live or are fully matured at 150 years and live to about 300 with the average in 175 to 200 years. This could be a tree that is so significant to our community. Why are we taking it down? So I just, yeah, I have to, I have to do my best to come in here and say, hey, let's just, let's just think about this a second. Let's revisit. Is there a way we can get this done and save the beauty of that street and, and just take a step back? So. 
So I have a letter also to read uh, to you uh, on behalf one of one of our neighbors as well. So it's dated for today, April 8th, 2019, Peace River Council and Administration. My wife Jeannie and I are traveling right now and are not able to make the council meeting. We both feel strongly that the remaining mature trees on 99th Street should not be removed. This is a signature street for the town as many people walk along the river to enjoy the view enhanced by the mature trees and vegetation. There was no consultation on the removal of the trees. Many communities make work to uh, many communities work to maintain and preserve maturing character in their community, as I suggest we do. There are still a few remaining trees, and we, they should not be removed. Sincerely, Stuart Barr and Jeannie Kalen, and they're located at 11225 99th Street. So we have a couple of other people who I think would like to say a few words. Actually, in in my research here, sorry guys, um, I just found some interesting info on how I others. Said, said, said everything you, could, you wanted to What's say. What's that? I thought you said Melanie had said everything Pre you wanted to pretty say. Pretty close. No, I found some very interesting re research on how other towns are looking at trees as an asset class and actually putting them on their books. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of that, but uh, I'll pass these out if you guys are okay with that. Sure. So maybe if you don't mind while other people are moving around and getting prepared to share, um, I, I, I really appreciate what you said about, about looking ahead and um, wishing things had been done different, um, you know, in, in years prior. And I would hate for someone to say the same thing about me someday. Um, although I'm sure it'll happen. Um, but the neighborhood renewal program that's going on now and currently in the South End is very likely to continue to other neighborhoods. And so what I think as a council we would definitely like to see is um, lessons learned from this time. And so I apologize that things weren't communicated as well as they could have been. And, and, and to have this conversation a year ago would certainly have been a lot easier to have now. And there, there's um, CEO Parker is going to present some some options shortly. I'm not going to steal this. He's he's got the the data in front and some of the other engineers. But um, so when we do progress through this into other neighborhoods, we can kind of better get uh, options ahead of time to other neighborhoods and other other people that are going to encounter this for for what they find in their neighborhoods are like. Look, this, this is the signature piece in our neighborhood. What are our options to make sure that this is is, is you know preserved, enhanced, kept, you know that kind of thing. So again, thank you and welcome. Did you mean Good evening. My name is Lorraine Kalen and I reside at 10707 99th Street. I'm Laura Bekovich and I I live on the same street on 99th Street. Uh, we purchased the property in 2016 and there was an overgrowth of trees, so we had to get some of the trees removed off of that property. And the first thing I did was I consulted with somebody who knew something about trees because I wanted to know their age. I wanted to know if we rebuild, if we can save those trees. So the trees that were in the yard were about 45 years old and the root system on them, if, they're, um, if you add soil or whatever, will kill the tree. So those are the kinds of preparations we have done as homeowners to find out uh, if we can keep these trees. 
Uh, I'm coming to you uh, as a resident to ask if the town has done the same um, consultation with somebody who, who is in the know. Uh, Melanie is new to the terms like a tap root. I am not. And when we spoke to the Alberta Forestry yesterday, she felt that because only about 40% of the route away from the tap would be disrupted, she thought that the, the, uh, the tree had the possibility to repair itself. So even though we come to you at this late hour, we're not asking for really a lot other than to, for somebody to come in and actually say, does this, do these elms, can they survive this disruption? Because it's, it's, it may not even be a larger expense like moving it into the middle of the rope. It might mean shoring for that one block for those 11 trees. Now, Jason and, and, uh, and the town, we gave them permission to remove the trees in front of our property because they're a younger tree, but in front of Dave's there, those trees are older and significant. The research, I have a property in Edmonton that has an elm as well. And they, they moved the gas line from the uh, back alley to the front, albeit the trench was not as wide nor as deep. They went down about four feet and I would guess about 18 inches. So there was disruption to the root because it was almost up against the tree. And, uh, and I can tell you the city of Edmonton made sure that those trees were, were okay. You know, that, they, that moving them was not going to be an issue. And so when, when I do this research, and especially with the American elm, um, because there was the elm disease, it is really becoming a rare tree. And I believe that Alberta is one of the few places that doesn't have the, the, the disease as significantly as other, other places. So I come to you with two asks. One, that you do get a, uh, somebody in just to see if the trees with construction being that close, they can be um, uh, kept. And secondly, I would ask that you further that policy of your 2017 with regards to boulevard trees to include damage to these trees. Because when I look at other communities, they have these policies when it comes to these mature trees. The, the, the trees in front of my property, I mean, I'd love to keep them, but they are not the majestic, magnificent, absolutely <laughs> to die for in most communities. And in northern Alberta, as you go further towards Yellowknife, you'll see the trees are getting smaller and shrubs. You know that in this weather, uh, it's, it's a short growing season. So to have trees that you can't even touch your arms around in this community is, is, is amazing. So it's not even just about 99th Street. I'm talking about the whole town of Peace River. And I care about the trees because even for my own property, I have co consulted with the University of Saskatchewan uh, to find out how I can save some of these because, it, because that's how important it is to me. And I am not a tree lover. I come from the farm in that I would prefer to have bearing trees like fruit or nuts or stuff, stuff like this, but I can also, uh, you know, getting older, 
value age with with some of these. And they're not they're not they're not too old, but that's all I have to say. So my two asks are if you can consult an expert to see if those trees can still be salvaged with the construction as it is, and the second is to go further on your uh, 2017 policies so that we do, don't destroy all of the trees uh, of that size in the town as we do this this work. And I understand um, that when you were doing the work on 86th Ave, it was the intention to take down all the trees, and then they and then they discovered that it that it wasn't necessary. I, I that's just you know what I was told. Well, you're told incorrectly. You, you want to add it? So yes, hi, Laura Beckett is here. Um, I don't want to repeat what everyone has said, so I agree with what everyone has said so far, and um, I also want to echo that. Um, I was um, surprised and a, and a bit disappointed to see that there wasn't um, any experts that were consulted. It didn't, or at least it didn't seem that way from the responses that we received at the construction meeting on, on Thursday. And um, it would have been nice to have the information at that particular meeting of which trees were going to be removed, ex aside from, except for having to come back to uh, our neighborhood and see that all the trees had been marked. Um, but I, I also would like to point out that last year, the museum did a walking tour of the South End and they talked about the trees. They stopped at various trees and talked about the historical significance of the trees in the neighborhood. And it wasn't just the heritage tree that they stopped at. And so um, while I'm happy that the heritage tree is, is going to be saved, I think that um, it, it is an interesting, or it, it is important that we know that the, that street is iconic to our community and um, those trees are are important to to our town. Um, so I would just like to say that I'm requesting that um, that we delay the trees being cut until we can get a further examination from um, experts, and that we're and that um, the town implement some sort of urban forestry policy so that um, this type of thing doesn't happen in every single neighborhood going forward as we go through this neighborhood renewal project. And finally, um, um, our town has been going through neighborhood beautification or a, a town beautification projects with various projects and murals and, and banners and, and, and other things. And I think that this is just as important um, because it does add a lot of beauty to our town. Thank you. Well, I'm going to, oh, okay. Hello, my name is Ann Sorensen, and I live on 112-1799th Street. I, too, am a, a lover of trees. <laughs> and I just want to, I'm going to say, on January 12th, many people from the council and, and some of the people that are here today witnessed a little play, a little skit that took place at Athabasca Hall. And in that skit, councillors uh, played the rules of a past council 100 years ago. Now, imagine 100 years from now when somebody is playing your rules. 
the, that council from 1919 uh, uh, would have um, possibly said, let's beautify this street, let's beautify the Peace River area. Uh, our town is beautiful. We want it to be beautiful for the future. And so those trees now are, are beautiful. And would you want to be the council that is known for the ones that cut them down? Or would you rather be known in history as the council that came up with a policy to save the trees and make our town lastingly beautiful forever? And thank you. Well, uh, let me explain the neighborhood renewal program. So we, uh, we increased taxes by roughly one mil approximately six years, six, seven years ago, and that's that's about eight hundred thousand dollars in uh, in today's in today's dollars. We uh, and what's supposed to happen then is it gets matched by either gas tax money or and or municipal sustainable infrastructure money. And the and so. Basically, there's $1.6 million a year to put into this program, um, and we, we, uh, and and the, the program is designed to bring neighborhoods back up to their original specifications. $1.6 million a year is not a lot of money, so we put people basically on a revolving. Uh, we expect this program to last out 25 plus years. And um, and as so so there's there there isn't a lot of money to spend on it. We need to keep moving on it. Um, and the way we we work the program is we triage. So the those neighborhoods, primarily ones with underground problems, sewer backups, water main breaks, those ones get the top priority. So um, the areas in uh, on the lower half, the south half of uh, Peace River were selected uh, about two or three years ago and broken up into four, four phases. We, we can save, we, well there's no guarantee we could we, we can engineer a solution to save those trees, but that's going to cost um, for one of you, one of the block in particular that you're talking about, that's going to cost uh, $185,000 to do. If we want to extend it up for uh, to, to the next neighborhood, although my understanding is uh, we can jog back to the to the uh, to the east side, and we probably don't have to do phase three. Am I correct? Phase one and phase three. So, and phase one, the trees are already down, uh, so we're not going to. Uh, we, we wouldn't. Uh, we wouldn't incur any. Well, we're, we're going to do it along the east side of the, uh, of the road. But $180,000 is a lot of money to this program. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of money to the program. 
I, I, I don't, I don't believe that the rest of the community, the other 6,835 people that are out there are, are going to agree with putting in an extra $185,000 to, uh, to put the, basically to put this pipe down the center of the road. So you, however, um, you can, uh, there is an improvement levy. Uh, so if you, some of you have talked about these tri trees are willing to die for. Um, I'm not asking to die for the trees, but uh, certainly we can work out an improvement, improvement levy. And that improvement levy will be something on the order of $9,700. Uh, yeah, $9,700, and you can spread that out over 20 years. Uh, but you do need to get a petition, and you do need to get the people on that neighborhood to sign up for that uh, for for that improvement levy. Um, so that's a solution that's there. It'll take you X number of so you're given X number of days. Um, Till the end of April to do that, but it's only one block, and you maybe the whole block is here already. Um, are we where are we talking? Sorry. Uh, well, we'll let Jason get into the details, and he can show it on the map. Sure. So I'm just going to sketch out the big picture for you. So, uh, but not all the trees can still be saved. You're talking about 12 trees. Um, uh, so that's quite a bit of money, um, but but now you've you've got a value to those trees, and um, and you can make a decision based on that, a rational economic decision based on that, plus your neighbors. Now you don't have to get the entire uh, the entire block, something like I don't. I think uh, people will have to come fight you tomorrow, Chris, about the details, but I understand something like 60% of... So you need two-thirds of, of, of all the property owners that are affected in the particular area that you're looking for, and a minimum of 50% of the assessment. So we, we have all those numbers that we can give to you so they can go take a look. Um, but we can do a formal presentation right after uh, this uh, your worship. Yeah, and so Jason will uh, will uh, will bring it up on the screen and and speak to the engineering solution that's there, which basically is to to run that to run that pot, those pipes down the middle of the road. But it does incur an additional cost, and uh, um, and as I said, the neighborhood renewal program the, the the original intention is to bring that neighborhood back up to the original specification. So it's not meant to add anything more to the neighborhood um, because there's a lot of neighborhoods out there that want their want their roads tarred uh, and asphalted. And uh, we said if you haven't put in the original, if you haven't paid for the original road. Uh, 
to be darned in asphalt if we're not going, we're not, we're not going to use taxpayers' money to, to upgrade your neighborhood. That's not the intention of the neighborhood renewal program. And when, we, and when we talk about to bring it up, we're, we're talking specifically about road, sewer, water. Those are the three things that's uh, in the neighborhood. And we, and we do have a consultation program that's associated with the neighborhood renewal. You may not have appreciated it, uh, but it certainly has worked in the past. Uh, and, the, and the idea of the neighborhood renewal program is to make reasonable accommodations where possible. But one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in, in my mind, is not a reasonable accommodation because uh, it's it's the public purse that we're talking about. We don't have any more money in the budget. Uh, and I, you know, because this program has because it, it's been somewhat disparaged in the last 10, 15 minutes, I want to talk about Eighty-six Avenue. We went out with the intention of saving all those trees. And I'll tell you that neighborhood, half of them didn't want any trees, and half of them wanted every tree to be saved. But we went out there and we saved what trees we could. So to try and tar us as an anti-tree council is wholly unfair. Um, and we do try to make reasonable accommodations where possible. And uh, so we've got a solution for you on, on the table. Um, and uh, and I'll, I'll let Jason go over that. Sure. And with respect to, I'm going to put in a little bit in regards to 86th Avenue since we were involved. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of that project using trenchless method technology. And the end product you get in, in that case is not always as good as replacing it altogether by the open cut excavation method. So in this case here, um, we didn't have that option on the sewer main because we also had to lower it as well as increase the size on it. So that's why we're having to open cut it. In, in the case of 86th Avenue, we, we just lined the sewer main, left it where it's at, uh, but you are left with a, a main that still has some flat areas and, and, and issues like that throughout it, but it has a smoother interior and it doesn't have roots growing into it now, right? So it's an improvement, but it's not as, as good as you could have had had you open cut excavated that, which would have required removal of a lot of the trees. Right? So, um, with respect to this program we have now, um, when we designed uh, this project, we were looking to uh, work with the budget that the town was anticipating for this area. Um, so what we looked at was what areas require an upgrade in size to the mains, what areas require replacement due to the pipe materials. Um, so when it, with respect to uh, water mains, there was quite a few streets that were requiring upgrade for the size. Others where we had to replace cast iron mains. Um, in this case here on River Road, it's a, an AC main or asbestos cement main. Um, and in consultation with Public Works, there was 
uh, indicated that few issues with respect to the main itself. It was mainly with the service connections and the aging valves and hydrants within the area. So we concentrated our efforts on replacing those specific areas on the water main so that we could minimize um, the budget constraints that we were working with. In the end, when this project closed tenders, the budget was, uh, or the tender price was higher than, than the budget still. And this actually moved from a three-phase project to a four-phase project. So that so just kind of gives an overview of, of where we were at dollar-wise. Um, so we maintain the design as is. If it came in lower, we might have looked at consideration for actually replacing the water main in this area too. Um, but since we are a higher budget, we, we stuck with the plan. Um, looking at this area specifically, um, this is where we, we would be going with it is to replace the water main so that we could effectively move the water and sewer mains to the west. Um, what we would have to do to, to do that is so we, we replace the water main, put it as close to the west curb as possible without removing that curb. Uh, and, and then we would have to maintain a certain separation uh, for the sewer main to give us as much room as possible on the east side so we can maintain the curb and the trees. Um, so that is going from 105th Avenue through to just past 109th Avenue, which shows up down here. Um, we looked at the entire phase two area when we priced this out. Uh, the majority of the trees are on the northern portion. Um, these purple trees here are the ones that have already been removed. These red ones indicated on the plan, there's five of them. Those ones will have to be removed even if we do shift the mains over. Uh, the reason being is that the services that are going to be replaced pass through them or very close to the trees. So even though we're shifting the mains over, we're, we are effectively only saving seven of the 12 trees. Um, so the cost, this $185,000 cost is associated with replacing the sections of water main that we weren't intending on replacing and for some additional length for extending the services further west. Yes. Um, if you do move the main over, is there still like, so the trees that are in green that could potentially stay, would there still be some risk? Like might you go through all this effort and close things up and then the trees potentially, and I know you're not arborist, right. the trees potentially expire anyway? Well, a lot of the trees, um, as has been mentioned, are, are quite old, right? So any damage could uh, affect um, their health. Um, even though we're four meters plus over, uh, it's expected that those root systems do extend into the roadway. Um, the ground conditions can affect how wide our trench is. Based on the depth of our main and um, um, decent ground conditions, our trench should fall within the, the road corridor or the asphalt portion of the roadway. But if we do run into areas with uh, um, layering or water infiltration 
or um, very sandy areas and the trench is uh, has a high potential for caving in then they'll have to widen out their trench and in those cases uh, we may end up very close to one of those trees um, and it would have to be decided at that point whether the tree would have to come down for safety reasons or whether you know I guess in that case you could consult an arbor say well we've lost this much root system um, are we going to have to still take this tree down right. in a lot of these cases where we've looked at them the edge of our trench is going to be right at the base of the tree so you're not losing just a portion of the root system on that side it would be pretty much the full root system on that side What would be the, is there maybe a point of no return, let's suppose the neighborhood gets together, so, so we, we wish to make this, um, we wish to make this investment and, and, and keep these trees. Um, is there a, a point of no return on that investment where let's say you get in there and get started and realize, look, there, there's, we've started to dig, the soil conditions are this, we, we bring in someone to look at the roots, they say, yeah, no, there's no way we can save it. Is there a point of no return for these residents that you could say, okay, we can go back to our original plan and perhaps they wouldn't have put up the risk of investing for no return. Right. Um, or maybe a portion thereof. I, I just, you know what the, I mean? I'm just wondering how far, like, what, right. what's the, the, the dead date on this assignment in teacher speak? Well, this, this portion of the project is not going to, construction won't start south of 105th out till sometime in July. Um, we'll have an idea what the ground conditions are on the areas we're working on, but the geotechnical investigation that we did, every test hole log is different. Some are sandy, some hit bedrocks, some has clay fill, some has gravel, so it varies every one we did. So it's, it's hard to say what kind of ground conditions we're going to find throughout. But having said that, you need to make a decision on these trees by the end of this month. That's right. So the 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 issue with the elms is that your your any cutting down or pruning or trimming of elms is supposed to happen prior to um, it's going to have to happen prior to construction. Uh, but there's also a, a window that's controlled um, through legislation so that the trees are not weakened in any way which makes them more susceptible to the Dutch elm disease. Do you remember what that legislative date was? Um, I did not have time to look that up again, but I I can look that up again. So. And the other, the other comment um, that I'd like to make is uh, I think uh, um, just for, so for myself, I do understand the terminology because that's what I did for a living back in the day as I was an arborist. Um, my concern or my comment would be when you do the open cut. Now I know there's some areas there that you're going to be you're going to be quite close to to some of these trees or meters away. But can those decisions on which trees may have to go or may not have to go be decided as you're doing that cut? as in, i.e. having an arborist there? Well, it, it can be, probably at a, 
a higher cost, right? If you're going to bring someone in to remove the tree each individually, it's going to be a lot higher cost than paying mold be mold for, for each tree, right? Because the contractor is hiring a subcontractor to do that work, right? So their intent in, in their bid was to come in, do it all at once, and be done with it. So. Yeah, and the, the reason why I make that comment is because of some of this, some of these open cuts that you do, depending on the distance to that root system and dependent on the type of tree, mm -hmm. um, the tree might be able to be saved. But right. you won't know until you make that, until you open that, to That's right. do that cut. Yeah. So if uh, some of the trees tried to be saved, it wouldn't cause any of the the water sewer lines to kind of make a, a little wall around the tree and onwards they go? Like it wouldn't cause the sewer lines to, instead of being straight to be curvy? If we left them in versus... Well, doing whatever to save the trees. Right. Um, we're, we're essentially intending on shifting everything out over and making it parallel to the road. In, in the the alternative uh, constructions. Yes. The current alignment uh, is not parallel to the road in any way. It kind of zigzags back and forth. Um, and a lot of it, we're unsure exactly where the water main is. We know where the water main is, where we've tied a valve in, but we do have the contractor is responsible to do some further investigation through hydrovacking to determine the alignment of the water main. So that has yet to come when they get started here in the spring. And do you ever have to, besides if this is the tree removing these roots, do you ever have to, if the root is kind of wherever it is along the ground or in the ground, do you have to kind of shave part of the root off and there's still root underneath that? Or is it well, the, gone? It, it, it would be all gone. Sometimes some of the roots in the excavating, if, if they don't get cut right off on the excavate, those will stay connected to the tree. But whether they're viable portions of the tree anymore by the time they get backfilled is questionable. Um, okay, thanks. And um, Mr. Parker, uh, you're talking about $9,700 or thereabouts for some costs. So that would be per land owner in the section of the graph or the map we're looking yeah, at so right what, now? What we have is so we have, um, Alicia, what's coming up? We did a little bit of work um, to how to break up that $185,000. And um, uh, legislatively, there's four different ways. Um, do you have that? Can you just bring it up? Uh, do you have an electronic version of it? Uh, if you want me to go on to the yeah, computer, yeah, I can send you guys all. Show it to people so they can see it. So there, there's actually four ways that you can break it up. It's uh, a little convoluted, but um, uh, we might as well show you all four different ways. Um, because if we did show you them all, some people get a little excited. Just uh, as uh, Mr. Morty's getting ready there, J Jason could, uh, I didn't quite, uh, are you saying uh, that there's 12 trees and seven are gone regardless, or five are gone, I forgot. Five are gone regardless. Five five are gone regardless. So yep. this discussion is about saving seven trees. Correct. Thank you.
one more question, Your Worship. On those trees that you say the five are indefinite goals, those are specific to service lines from the main? Correct, yeah, it's the service line to the to the lot. Okay, so my, my question then would be what what type of costs are involved to redirect the service line? Or is that an option? It would be, but what that would involve is work on the residence lot. Now, I, if they requested to do that, then any damage on their lot um, would have to be repaired at their cost, plus the additional length to get there. Right? So it is a possibility. It is an option. It is an option. before us is a spreadsheet that shows the four different options within under the MGA that are allowed in terms of ways that you could calculate an improvement, a local improvement tax. Uh, so they are based on lot frontage, lot area, assessment, and then parcel, which is basically if you've got one part, it's one to one for a parcel. So based on the cost of $185,000, um, the cost to each individual lot varies. Uh, fairly substantially depending on which parcel or which method we're choosing to go forward with um, and that would be a decision that uh, the town needs to make we just got the the options here so if you were to just split the cost equally between the 19 lots that are would be affected by the 2019 uh, work based on my understanding then the cost is nine thousand seven hundred thirty six dollars per lot um, and that's for that's total cost and then it's divided over or could be divided over. Yeah, so what we could do is we could actually uh, upfront the cost. Uh, there would be an actual agreement between each of the households. Um, and what would happen here is on their taxes once a year or if they want to do it monthly, uh, they would pay back that money. We could do it up to 20 years. So um, uh, when we were doing the basic calculations, did you, you have the basic calculations right over there. These are lump sum payments of, um, uh, of 9000 over 10 years, it'd be $11,000 you'd be paying. Uh, over 15 years, you'd pay 12000 And over uh, 20 years, you'd pay uh, $13,000. And did, there was a month payment or the year payment, was there? I'm sorry, I don't have that. OK, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. But we calculated that. And I think it was like $500 or around $500 over 20 years that uh, we just put right onto your tax bill. And if people want to save the other, the additional five trees because it's a service line, as Jason mentioned, that those costs are on top of what's mentioned here. So we are still talking about seven trees on this. this and the, uh, yeah, and you went through the other Three, right? Basically. Um, yeah, just very briefly. So the costs really do dra radically change. So if we're talking about uh, the frontage, then the costs are at the high end. We've got one parcel that gets dinged with fifty-five thousand um, dollars. 
Um, and the other ones are, are much more similar at, at the low end in the $4,000 range. Um, if we're talking about area of lot or lot area, uh, there is one parcel again that is very large. So its portion is very significant at $89,000 and change. Uh, but the lowest is down at 3000 for the smallest of the lots. Um, and then if you're doing the, uh, the based on assessment value, then um, it's the, the range is much smaller with the largest lots uh, in the $18,000 range over time. So that and that these numbers um, are just the straight numbers. They don't represent any interest that would accrue as if you're paying over time. And remember, this is the best guess estimate, so at 185. And to get this to happen, the local improvement, they would have to have a petition within a certain time frame, and uh, there would be up to 50% of the the lots, or depending on how this goes. 50% of the lots, and uh, sorry, uh, two-thirds of the lots would have to uh, residents and 50% uh, of the assessment value. So both of those. So you have two-thirds of the... They have to meet both those criteria. Two-thirds of the and, lots and... And if, if someone asked us to put this up, we can actually put it out and then there's 30 days for her, you know, response. If they want it quicker, it'd be better just go door to door and right. uh, just talk to your neighbors at that point. Um, we did this in Nova Scotia. When we did it in Nova Scotia, we literally, uh, in about a week and a half, we had all the signatures that we needed. And does the option need to be picked somehow around? Yeah, so what would happen who's ever taken the petition around and say, okay, we're going to do option one, option two, or option three, or four, and uh, explain it to everybody, and then everybody signs off on it, and they get a copy of it also, too, and then it comes back to council. And then if they say, yes, we're, you know, this is what we've agreed to. It, uh, we, we drop the contracts and we, we actually put a caveat onto their their properties and that and uh, and when they sell uh, either the new owners have to say yes I will continue to pay that if the new owners choose not to then what happens is that they have to pay out any outstanding I guess the last question I've got then, should the petition go forth and if the criteria all be met, the other part of that is the construction element not having it delayed and causing a five-year turmoil instead of four, sort of thing. I think by the end of the month you'd be fine. Yeah. And we'd still be within our time frame. So, uh, I, do have, I actually do have another question. Um, just to clear up on how the petition might work, let's suppose someone comes to my house and would I then have the option to say, I will agree to options one and two, but I do not agree to options three or four, and then whatever the, they can all, whichever option they can achieve the generally you just rush one option. So okay. if they wanted to, if they brought all four options and say, which one would you sign up for? That could be if true. you sign up for all four, then that's fine. Okay. If you sign up for only one, and you brought all four to everybody, if you had the majority of them at that criteria, 
two-thirds of the, the, the residents that own property and 50% to the assessment value, then you're good to go. Okay. Sorry, Mr. Mayor. Um, I, I think you're actually wrong in terms of if this house, the property is sold, then they have to pay the full cost. It, it can be carried on over in their tax bill, but uh, obviously the individual buying, buying that property knows that that's part of it. But because it's, it's the improvement, improvement and that's how it worked in, uh, in the Shaftesbury Estates. Uh, but uh, that's where I was going to go with this is, so this is a lot to chew on. I think it's uh, worthwhile for the delegation to that came forward to uh, go and discuss this amongst themselves. And uh, if they've got a path forward that they want to, uh, want they've chosen or selected, I suggest that they come in tomorrow very soon anyhow and discuss the actual wording of the petition so that we're all so that this petition doesn't get derailed uh, at the last moment and so a that we agree with the wording that everybody knows what they're signing up for ourselves and so we can put it on the uh, tax bill should you move forward. Go ahead. Um, are we still able to consult an arborist about like Warren was saying about what if we what if we don't need to do any of this if the trees are safe and an expert says where the trench is it's no way sure. these there's no way these trees are coming down. I, that being said, if, you know, this is the option, we'll take that to the community, but... Well, you should take that option to the community. I, I suppose there is uh, whatever, 15, 20 days to, uh, to get an arborist in and, and, and make a presentation on the expert opinion. But I think you, you just heard our project engineer talking about, I have to go right up against those trees. Like in fact, some of those trees, the roots are buckling up the asphalt is my understanding. The sidewalk. The sidewalk anyhow. So they're pretty well, they're pretty close to the to the road. You're, he, he just uh, said, I pretty well got a cut. I'm not just trimming the root root system. I'm chopping the whole west side of that root system. Um, and, and we'll, uh, and you can come in and have an expert come in with a contrary opinion, but I guess we're, we're going to have to make a decision. We're, we're not going to rely on one expert that you bring in that uh, that says, oh yeah, it's good to go. We can't do that. Um, if an arborist were to come in and render an opinion, is this, is this something like that they would have to sign on for and guarantee in terms of, say, their insurance? If they say, look, you can do this next to this tree, it's going to live, I'm sure of it. 
there, my word is my bond. If it ends up dying, my insurance covers, or, or like, because from what I understand, that's kind of how engineering works, right? Yeah. Like if, you, if the engineer signs off, they're saying this is this is good to go. Is is the the same scrutiny applied to um, an arborist? And just to uh, touch on your your comment there, uh, counselor is. If, if part of the root system is also removed and there is that strong wind issue um, where Melanie even mentioned about possibly a tree coming over, there is a liability issue there with somebody, depending on who that would be. It's a visit yeah. or a tree? Yeah, it is all all so these, these are the town's trees. I mean, everyone understands that, right? That they're not your trees. They're, they're, they're our, 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 our,
if if I can free myself here right now, I could just have a conversation with them. Sure. Outside with them sure. Sounds good. Thank you. Good. Thanks, Thanks It's just about over anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Well, you're Sure. Or can you hang in for five, two, 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 two
It would have been, I think we got a set, um, probably three, like three months worth in the first, uh, after the first year or after we got voted in uh, this time around. So uh, there are basically two years worth that we should. So you're asking since 2017, essentially. Yeah, or you could ask Kim herself when she sent us, uh, la the last time she said, uh, sent us a set of minutes and then go from there. Great, thank you. But you can do it after your water, your aqua size, though. Don't, don't feel like you have to do it first thing in the morning. <laughs> do the rest of us get a mission? Uh, well, because you guys aren't that reliable, so I'm not giving you a mission. <laughs> That's exactly why I pretended to know how to how to pull towels after I got married. <laughs> that, so that's in the record. <laughs> yes, it is now. <laughs> Okay, uh, as that it, takes. As is your participation in the 100th event at the, uh, at the Athabasca Hall. So that takes us to item 10 information. Uh, there's nothing there. Uh, any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, comments from the public? Uh, they uh, made a presentation. Um, and I'll ask Ms. Thompson, is there any, any, anyone you want to interview? Not today. I'm going to hand right over to the election forum. Oh, aren't you going to write up the whole thing about trees and, and, I, I and municipal like politics? <laughs> that's a good story. Okay. Um, well, that's, we aim to fill your newspaper since <laughs> you're the only one that comes. Uh, Anything that we should be highlighting here, Ms. Hume? We'll do some stuff on the uh, tree issue once we've had a chance to speak with the group and see see what their plan is going forward with that. But other than that. And, um, so Baytex's uh, life is ending at the end of uh, April? Or should we be highlighting that the the de demolition of the Baytex Energy the the old Baytex Energy Center? Baytex is going out with trees. I would actually caution against celebrating the destruction of that facility too much. The attitude I hear from a number of community members is that it's not necessarily something to celebrate. We might want to celebrate more the construction of the new facility. Sure. As the asset disposal details become more available, we know when we're doing an auction, we'll advertise that. But. We don't want to celebrate that we we buried an asbestos hazard. Okay. We'll bring that up. Uh, there was a number of residents that did, being that it was in the at, at the trade at the trade show, being that it was in in the final or the uh, season finale for the Baytex Energy Center or the series finale, series finale. would be more accurate. Um, yeah, there there was uh, a number that did uh, ask about that, and uh, I found. Uh, for the exception of a predictable person's comment who I was chatting with, uh, that shows up on the Facebook every now and again. Um, most people were, yeah, like you say, looking forward to the new facility and when, you know, kind of informed on the costs of rehabilitating the old facility compared to a new one, it was 
certainly a non-starter as far as building looks good. It does. Those are the uh, same comments that I pretty much had when I was at the uh, trade fair as well. But there's a lot of uh, very pleased residents out there that a lot of the equipment's being repurposed. So the other question, I understand at Rotary today, uh, the bridge people were giving a presentation and there was something about it's on time but over budget. So have we had an update from the bridge people on any of that or? I, I can invite them in. Likely we won't hear anything till after the election. Yeah. All the oh, provincial oh yeah, agencies right. are. I, I did attend Rotary today, so I heard, uh, I think it's Stephen Tyler, or is it Tyler or Stephen? Tyler. 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 Stephen Tyler is at Rotary, I would want to know. Yeah. All right. So he, and the point about, uh, um, you know, making up time and the challenge of the project, but I think uh, they were over budget, but they were able to, if I've got to the point that he made, the when the material was pulled out of the bridge uh, for the winter, they saved, he was throwing some numbers around, it was $12 a cubic meter to take this, and they, and they took it over to the east side, but they were able to go to the west side of the river and use some of that existing material, and through the, the math of not moving as much material and using that, he was quite, they were over, but he seems to think that uh, uh, it is on time and on budget. Uh, they, this, is, they do, this is not a project I really care whether they're on budget. That's the time that we are concerned more okay. than the budget. Yeah. Right. So, because, because if they spend more money, hopefully they spend it within right. the town. There's, there's, about, there's about 50 hotel rooms in this, in this. So the other point, if I may, Your Worship, uh, just as a highlight, uh, uh, the the workforce is at about 50 people. He says inside of a couple weeks he's going to have 100 people here, and uh, so there's lots of lots of activity going on, um, and a great discussion about the 355 foot I beam that they're going to put on the east side, and use a roller system and actually slide it right across the Peace River and. I close my eyes and try and envision what that would look like, but it's it's an engineering marvel. So uh, to Deputy Mayor's point, uh, he would likely be a good one to have come here because he I thought he had a lot of good information and broke it down into real simple terms and uh, even talked about doing rehab on the streets and rehab on the highway. So uh, I think he covered a lot of a lot of good topics. Pretty, pretty knowledgeable guy. Yeah. Okay, I uh, I understand I missed a motion here. I need a motion to accept the the reports. Uh, so uh, so that's nine nine point one through to nine point two for information or just in general. Oh, okay. So Mr. Nino for that one. Was there a motion required on there? That was also information to just a presentation. Okay. So I did look. I did look that up, and the. Okay, we want. I want to. We don't. We don't want to be. To adjourn. Yeah, motion to adjourn. All in favor.